welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, superstars, welcome back to a super awesome episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I'm joined by Sasha Stone. And while I did have high hopes for this conversation, it completely surpassed all of them. He really brought it 
It's so chock full. I had such a great time um, sharing space and words and expletives and <laughs> wisdoms and psyops with Sasha. Before we dive into today's conversation, I'm reminding you to click the subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment. I'm also encouraging you to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. That way you can be sure to stay apprised of my every next podcast episode, video drop, book launch, uh, course, webinar, live event, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Also reminding you that my new book, The Language of Betterarchy is out. It's out in print, it's out in digital, it's out in audio format. Sasha Stone was actually a fan of this book and has lent some very kind words to it in terms of getting it out into the world. So if you haven't yet nabbed yourself a copy, nabbed copies for your friends and family, head on over to Amazon and choose the formats of your choice. The audiobook, I'm the one who narrates it. I feel like I did a good job. However, it doesn't include the illustrations and the footnotes. So as you're inspired to listen instead of read with your eyes, I'm still going to nudge you to get the print copy so you can clue yourself in onto the footnotes and extra dimension of betterarchy and also delight in the fun illustrations. That does it for housekeeping. This is such a juicy one. Definitely buckle up. <laughs> big boy, big girl panties required for this one and prepare to enjoy my rollicking conversation with the ever articulate Sasha Stone. into ET Disclosure, Zero Point Economics, Bioremediation, and all of those things, I'm personally curious to know how you know what you know. Were you always a rebel? Were you always awake to multidimensional reality? Did you have some sort of initiatory experience that opened your eyes to these things? Uh, uh, yes, to, to all of the above. I mean, one, one is always the sum total of one's experience in the now. So to, to that extent, yeah, I've I've had uh, initiatory experiences of um, in 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 both ends of the spectrum. I mean, in speaking in very simplistic terms, um, kind of demonic psychic attacks, all of that kind of shit that assails a lot of a lot of us. I've had uh, a, a, my fair share, and then some of that stuff uh, when I was younger, as most uh, do when you're at a very sensitive age. Uh, in your late teens into your 20s, normally speaking. And then I've also had uh, angelic interventions and remarkable um, otherworldly transcendental experiences, non-synthetic, meaning to say nothing to do with uh, mushrooms or or um, or, or chemical um, prompting. So I, I don't, uh, people who know me know I, I've never touched a, a mushroom or, or marijuana or anything in my life. So I'm completely sober in that sense. My experiences have been both ends of the spectrum and uh, those transcendental experiences are always the ones that leave the deepest um, imprint on us mm -hmm. and obviously grow, growing up in a in a war uh, for the first 17 years of my life is the best uh, education I could have had in terms of learning how to um, learning how to become irreverent in life and to not pay attention to authority when it's imposed um without any moral basis. And, and that describes the entire status quo, completely satanic, Sabbatean, um, luciferic thrall, the kingdom of the devil, which is what we're now facing 
um, albeit it's the terminal failure of the kingdom of the devil, but it's now in broad daylight and looks very, very scary. So, um, yeah, I'm the sum total of all of my experiences and a great many of them predicated on trauma, like most of us, you know. And growing up, I believe you grew up in Africa, is that correct? Yes. And so were you not indoctrinated to buy into government, to buy in to a lot of the lore that those of us in the West are now deprogramming ourselves from? Like, did you, were you subjected to those same fictions about this reality or did you know they were bullshit from the get-go and your own upbringing in Africa? Well, if you're living in a militarized um, kind of beyond martial law, you're in full-fledged warfare, um, your government and your uh, social uh, ecology is fully weaponized in that sense. So I grew up in uh, in the system that was even more so than anyone would normally experience. So, of course, I mean, the, the ultimate fiction is the ultimate fiction false light is when the government leans in and says pick up a gun and shoot the person who comes in the in your front door and oh you have a license to do so because we're at war so you know murder with impunity and um murder becomes the the the, the nature of your reality either you're going to get murdered or you're going to murder um, so you don't get more draconian than that. You don't get more steeped in the fiction and the lurid ugliness and evil of government than when you're at war. Sounds traumatic. Sounds painful. Um, you mentioned this the satanic war that we're in. Um, and I know that you understand what's going on on multiple dimensional levels. So... Given where we were, say, in 2020, in terms of what's happening on all of the levels, how are we doing? I think we're doing terrific, but it is a it is a quantum um, flux. So the nature of reality is such that it responds um, as a kind of um, etheric soup. It's constantly moving and shifting and responding to the morphogenetic upshift or downshift of the collective human heart and not just the human heart but the biological heart of all living systems in this plane of existence on this planet um if you want to call it a planet i call it a plane of existence but um we're, we're constantly caught in the flux of that collective morphogenetic upshift or downshift um having said that uh, my short answer is that um my sense is that we have reached dry shore already we just don't know it because we have to catch up with the oversoul so we've cast the net ahead of ourselves um in, in that sense all is well with the world um the geometry of now is perfect always in all ways um it's just up to each of us to start to actualize and recognize that uh, we are the witness and that once we own our um divine and Christed mantle, so to speak, as living sons and daughters of God, as um, living men and women of the living soil, same thing. Once we've fully stepped in and owned that uh, quanta of uh, expression, we then are able to affect outcome instantly. So right now there is this um, the civilizational um, 
um, dystopian view that we are victims of government, victims of the Catholic Church, victims of extraterrestrial intervention, victims of uh, blood cult and usury promulgated through the portals of government and and uh, the banksters and so on. So it, we can look around ourselves and we can consistently and constantly um, blame extraneous and external forces for our condition without ever arriving at the flame of pure truth. And the, the, the flame of pure truth, when we enter it, if and when we have the courage to enter it, burns like hell. Be sure of that when you're entering the white hot center of that flame of pure truth, you have to be ready to have all of the detritus and the hubris of your ego um, burnt away. But when you enter that flame, you can see very clearly because you become fully conjugated with Atman, with the Alpha Omega in that sense, with God, with your own divine supernature. And from that tremendously empowering and beautiful vantage point, you're able to see quite clearly uh, through the nature of so-called reality. And you recognize that everything is perfect always and always, but it can always become better. But only when you have convened that relationship with self, the greater self, the, div the divine aspect of self, then we can, all of us collectively enter that, uh, that, that orgasmic, um, fully affirmative and creative and expansive state of bliss, which is what's beckoning us now as a species for the first time in time. Uh, we're actually departing from the fiction of time precisely into that orgasmic um, state of, of witness. But it's happening to individuals. Um, it's not yet happening at the collective level to the degree to which it will need to for us to fully awaken from within the galactic dream spell or the galactic sleep cycle. But we're on that we're on that nexus point in any event. We've arrived at that indivisible line between this and that, which is why we feel so fucked up and we look around us and we just see insane puppet shows going on politically and on the on the screens, on the television screens. We, we, we Each of us are scratching our heads and going, how the fuck did we ever get to this point where we have hollow vessels as commanders in chief of a quadrillion dollar war machine in Washington, DC, gibbering like fucking sock puppets who have no cognizance of reality at all. These creatures should be either taken out and shot like horses who've broken their legs, or they should be retired and fed you know, bread and milk uh, for the rest of their sorry lives. Uh, on preferably away from human beings with 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 red blood, but the, the point is we've arrived at this extraordinary uh, end of day scenario where Rome is burning, um, the Babylonian orgiastic and bestial um, uh, feasts are taking taking place in the citadel by the citadel I'm talking about in the hallowed houses of the elites who are drinking blood, harvesting adrenal chrome, uh, propping up their demented um, sociopathic bloodlines um, through through uh, through the uh, through the stolen light, the Promethean light of, of of children and of innocence. But that's something that's gone on for an awful long time, uh, millions of years, certainly many thousands of years in the in the recent context of the human story. Um, and none of it needs to 
terrorize us. We don't need to be afraid of it. We just need to reckon with it now and see that that's what it is. I mean, I'm communicating directly with the with cardinals inside the Vatican, and um, I'm hearing what's going on inside the Vatican. It is beyond imagining the bestial orgies taking place in the papal crypts and what have you. So we know that Rome is burning. We know that the Babylon, in that sense, the tower is again falling. Um, and it's all good. It's all good. But we have to steel ourselves to be certain. Each of us have to do that reckoning within self in order not to go mad and get pulled into this vortex. So right now it's kind of um, survivalist mode. Everyone's thinking, you know, how, how do I keep my family together? How do I keep bread on the table? How do I keep paying the bills when inflation is becoming insane and the US economy is tanking and there's this massive move towards um, sort of thermonuclear warfare between um, China and Russia and, and, and the NATO forces. All of that stuff's been kind of jerry-rigged for us. I've just been, I spent the last 24 hours with some of the principals of the global quantum financial system reset who came to visit me here. And I've been speaking on a moment-by-moment -moment basis uh, with also military uh, figures uh, to understand over the last few days, I, I would say it's been last week, in, in particular, I've been having very close communications with a number of seminal figures connected in, in, in the Americas and in Europe, connected to the so-called uh, reset that is underway. Um, and the truth of the matter is I'm corroborating between these intelligence and military figures on both sides of the Atlantic, and I'm trying to corroborate and see, are we all speaking the same language? And they're not. So there, there is still a lot of guardedness in a sense and probably distrust um, happening between the primary portals of power amongst the so-called white hats, where there isn't yet a symbiosis, there isn't a full synergy flow. Curiously enough, I find myself being a witness of both sides of the equation. And it's very, very interesting because from my meta perspective, I'm really looking to see just the geometry of how things are playing out. I don't care about the outcome one way or the other because I know the final outcome come is assured and how the drama plays out in the coming days weeks and months possibly a couple of years is going to be interesting to be sure for any scribe who wish to you know write history like solon or you know uh, Herodotus, one of the great historians, this is the time for the next Her Herodotus to be writing and taking notes because we, we are about to pivot into full-fledged alien, extraterrestrial, hyperdimensional um, engagement. And it's happening. It's happening between now and 2027, 20, 28. No question about that now. All the intel I've got um, coming from remarkable sources. I'll just leave it at that. And I'm not a utility of the intelligence um, agencies. I've They variously tried over the years. I've been visited and I've been asked, will I help to, you know, prescribe certain protocols or put scripts out there to help humanity. I'm like, fuck off, you know, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not interested in being part of an orchestrated narrative because no matter how you may think that's a positive thing coming from your military intelligence echelon, it's still engineering, it's still manipulating and we mustn't do it any longer. We must allow the morphogenetic upshift to be as organic and sentient as possible. That's where the flame of pure truth is going to exist at the collective level. I'm kind of rambling, but I just want to give some 
I want to try and give some three um, some three sixty perspective on where I stand on questions like that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. You can go as as meta and multidimensional as you're inspired here. I also just want to speak to, I appreciate your double use of always, always temporal spatial. Um, you're the first person I've spoken with who grocks that. Regarding this sort of like satanic overlay and that this planet has been run on the blood of children for so many years. And I also hear you, you know, eons. And I also hear you oftentimes use the word humans. And I'm wondering in your estimation, how many of us in this population are human and how will this realm function without the satanic overlay without running on the blood of children will the laws of nature themselves change like it's hard to envision what this realm would be like without that given how long that has been in place well that's a great question um so the the the, the blood piece an adrenal chrome piece or the harvesting of, of hormonal secretions glandular secretions adrenalized blood in in simple terms um is is really the totem the highest or most depraved totem of um of the parasite complex again if you understand cosmogenesis and if you've got any kind of real um perspective on cosmogenesis one is no longer we're afraid of these stories and these ideas because they become very um they become very relevant in the contextualizing of how we got from there to here going back to the sons of belial going back to the progenitors of the this human seeding if you want to speak in terms of the sumerian um, notions of sons of Ra, Enki, and Enlil aboard the you know spaceship Nibiru, planet X, the warship. You could speak in those terms. It's relevant and it's correct. You could then speak in terms of Cain and Abel. Um, it's the same thing. But Cain and Abel is to say uh, left and right, up and down, uh, good and bad, um, dielectric, paramagnetic, male, female. Um, you know, it just describes the dialectic of our of our realm. The question you asked is, do we are we moving away from blood um, parasite complex, blood cult and parasite complex? Yes, we are um, needfully. And that's why it's it's surfaced in such technicolor, because we're having to do a reckoning again with the basement, so to speak, the subterranean basement that we have chosen to filter out or ignore for millennia. There is no emancipating, there's no transmuting and transmogrifying and transcending until we've dealt with the shit in the basement. So when the shit surfaces like this in every aspect of our lives, it's actually a profoundly meaningful and important and beautiful process because now we're dealing with detox, civilizational, psycho-spiritual, meta-planetary detox great about fucking time so let's really receive that process fully stand fully naked beneath the central sun casting no shadow no judgment no condemnation just receive the full fury of um the kingdom of the devil in the singularity of the awakened human heart that's the point is that i am the temple i am the um I am the Christed one. I am the living son and daughter of God. I am the living man or woman of the living soil. I am the 
the point of absolution, not just for me, not just for my family, my community, my society, my civilization. I'm also the point of absolution for the entire quadrant of the cosmos that we find ourselves. All of the lower elementals, hyperdimensional, subdimensional, superdimensional, interdimensional intelligences in this field of hyperdimensional reality find their way back home through me. Mm -hmm provided I become the Jacob's ladder. That is what the human is. That is what the human becomes once we've reached our formination. And the point is it's time to step into the angelic mantle of who we are. Agreed. And you said it so beautifully. And um, I'm wondering how many of us you believe are truly capable of this. Um, even before the um, genocidal, genocidal injections, um, took hold of a lot of people's operating systems, so to speak. I was shocked to see how many so-called humans so willingly kneeled um, for enslavement, which, and the deeper I go, I'm just wondering how many of us actually are human and are capable of doing what you speak of? So thank you for repeating the question you repeated earlier, and I apologize for not answering it. I was not skirting around it, um, but I will go head on to that question. Um, I don't like um, answering or trying to answer questions which are, are looking for a definition or a defined number or quanta or, or, or percentile. So it's very difficult to know what percentage of humanity are living, breathing human beings and which percentage of so-called humanity are methane breathing sons of bitches or lower elemental forces um, masquerading as human beings but I would I would wager uh, that it is probably about one-third human two-thirds non-human I would suggest that that's more or less likely to be the case um, I think that there is a I don't think forgive me remove that word I know know that there are a great many uh, hybrid humans I've met um, under in controlled um, in controlled um, circumstances I have been required in the course of my work to meet with uh, scientifically observed hybrids and I've done that and the first time was a, a well over 10 years ago it must have been 2000 and uh, um, 2008 or Nine, round about there, seven, seven, 2007 or eight, round about then. I think I, I was first as Humanitad Foundation asked to, to meet with and receive and participate in the scrutiny of a full-fledged alien hybrid stuff that I was not able to speak about for some years because if I did, I would have just lost any voice or platform I had. People would have thought I was mad as a fucking snake. Now, of course, that the Pentagon, thank you, Pentagon, and the NSA and the Vatican um, sons of bitches have started to open up the the vaults and fess up to the truth of um of our exopolitic and and uh, et alien intervention and, and engagement now it's okay to speak to this stuff so i'm slightly angry as you can sense in my voice rightly so because i, I was silenced for an awful long time not able to speak to the truth of these things except in private and to world leadership, which I was doing, to my credit, speaking to heads of state, speaking to religious leaders, speaking to um, important people in leadership about these things, because um, that's part of the work I've been doing for well over 20 years, is helping to, to thread these narratives, make sense of them, you know, find out what is the alphabet of the human heart and the human condition, and start to open open up pathways of communication between different hemispheres so that we don't move into a fully binarized um, clash of, 
of, of, of civilizations. And I think that we're at that point now where we've come through um, and where, where the cards have been thrown up in the air in a sense, but the way they're going to land certainly is a royal flush. There's no question about that in my view. Uh, one third of humanity is that sufficient morphogenetically to create upshift without any question of doubt, yes. I mean, in simple terms, you could take less than 1% of the human family. You could take less than 1%, you could take less than a fraction of 1% of humanity, provided that fraction of 1% were fully actualized and wearing the Christed mantle and fully in uh, convention with the Atman, with the Alpha Omega. And I'm, I know absolutely that that would be sufficient to create the Taurus field of hyper-activated consciousness, meaning to say the uh, opening or awakening of the newosphere, which is really what we're talking about here, because the newosphere, the kind of atmospheric plasma um, field needs to fully activate in order for this plane of existence to be to come into its own and then be able to move into the ascendancy and that's that that's pure hyperdimensional physics but we're talking about catching the spiral of ascension which is a phenomenon which which god in in its infinite wisdom extends to this dumb planet once every 13 odd thousand years when we move through the photon band, which issues through the, the zero point in the eye, black eye of the Milky Way. As we swing round the galactic um, spiral, every semi-arc of that spiral, we move through the photon band every 13 or thousand years. And that photon band takes more or less 200 years to traverse. And as we're traversing that photon band, um, the coding of the vibral light of those photons is impacting every cell, every molecule uh, on and within this plane of existence and conducting in that sense, a hyperdimensional audit of all living systems, all sentience on and in the earth. And that audit is a beautiful thing. It's literally God or the universal mind leaning in and say, hey baby, how did you enjoy the last 13 years? Um, you know, of, of of play play. And are you ready to move into the next gaming a dimensional upgrade? Are you ready to move into the fifth density field in this in this case? And the last time, 13,000 years ago, was the time of the great deluge. It was because we did swing through, uh, have that audit done, and we fucked up. Well, we didn't fuck up. We said, no, we're too busy having fun with the fallen light of Atlantis. So you know, and so we went into a reset and the planet takes over and there's a reset, there's a deluge and most of us got wiped out and the small ad atom seed of humanity continues and proliferates again for another 13,000 year cycle. And the 13,000 year cycle describes the semi-arc of the 26,000 year grand procession of the equinox. So if you understand these physics and these so-called um, timelines and, and wheels and trajectories, which I do, it's very easy to be able to step back from any um, psycho-emotional, dramatic take on reality, just go, shut up, you know, this is the way it works, it's beautiful, it's powerful, just bear witness, take the throne of witness and see how can we best affect 
the highest outcome? And what is the path of least resistance to the highest outcome? That should be the only question every single one of us awaken to every day. That should be our prayer. Oh, Ra, oh God, oh Yahweh, whatever you want to call, you know, help me serve um, the greater uh, fellowship of man and help me to define the path of least resistance to the highest outcome. That's your prayer. Um, and, and we would very, very soon move into this kind of ex expansion. But um, again, one third of humanity, in my view, um, how many uh, shape-shifting Draco imperial reptilians are, you know, in the basement conducting the orchestra? Not many is the answer, if any at all. I, I'm one of those who senses that they've been, in that sense, purged and taken off world. Um, and I think that the insane puppet show that we're watching in the Vatican and DC and in um, Central Europe, that trifecta, and I say Central Europe because I'm talking about the aggregated crowns of Europe, um, Brussels and, and, and NATO, um, as well as the Bank of International Settlements in, in Basel, uh, Switzerland. So those uh, institutions really create a kind of cluster of um, the globalist super um, power in Europe. But you take that as one entity, you take Washington District of Columbia as a second entity, you take, uh, um, uh, and of course that first one includes London, City of London and the entire banking world. And then you take the Vatican complex and all three of those superstructures are in abject free fall. So that tells you what you need to know about who's in control. Again, folks I've just had as my guests for the last 24 hours are people who are the controllers of the collaterals of the whole of Mexico and the whole of Indonesia. Those are two huge uh, middle powers, massive economies with hundreds of millions of souls. Um, and I know firsthand dealing with these military and intelligence and financial brass, more or less what's going on there. But it's, it's a, again, it's a quantum flux. There is um, the way that reality is moving and shifting and shaping itself right now is in such immediate response to the collective morphogenetic um, upshift and downshift phenomenon. We've not reached that critical point of collective actualization, but I sense that we are so, so close. And by so close, I'll narrow it down from a 930 plus billion year trajectory, which is the true time, historical timeline, if we want to be play stupid mathematics and look over our shoulder, it's not 13 to 14 billion years. That's a bullshit exercise and very reductive science teaches us that. We go back well over 900 billion years. And I can tell you the recent, more recent seeding of humankind is the last seeding in that sense. Um, of what we understand to be the human, we're reaching a fulmination point on behalf of the entire universe at this stage. And the curious thing is that it is the human, it is the fully actualized human that becomes the nexus point, becomes the axiomatic living principle to define the highest outcome. Where we steer reality from now becomes the only question we should, con we should concern ourselves with. Mm -hmm. So much there. And um, you did mention disclosure. And I, I have a couple of questions before leading into your take on it. Um, and, and you did mention Mexico. So I wonder, 
if Mexico is truly sovereign, are they playing into this? I was a little surprised by their, the, the little, what I perceive as theatrics about the alien skeletons that they presented last week. And then I know that you had spoken about this, you know, alleged witch hunt against Russell Brand going on right now. And I've definitely wondered for the past few years, like, why is this Hollywood celebrity not getting canceled and deplatformed for saying the same things all the rest of us are? And then I saw him pushing the disclosure narrative. And yes, there is real disclosure, but there is also the CIA op going on concurrently. Um, so I'm just curious, like, who are the bad actors in this bunch? How do we differentiate real disclosure from the theatrics that they're, they've clearly been seeding us with for the past several years? So that, that's a question for every man, and every man is going to have every man's um, subjective response or reply or reaction to that. Um, depending on who you're speaking to, I am a Vatican agent, an Illuminati scion, and I'm a controlled uh, operative and a, 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 all the rest of that bullshit. Um, the fact that I've been at it for longer than anyone else other than David Icke that I can remember, um, let's not consider the fact that I've been doing what I've been doing since openly since 1999, very openly. And anyone can actually track the course of my abject failures and god knows so much of my life is a fail um nine out of ten initiatives that i've launched over 24 years has been failed and um and that's part of the process of alchemizing our lives and i'm not worried about my own failures but what i've succeeded at has been also um tremendous and is visible and people can touch and feel it and it's impacting millions of people's lives and i'm very graced to have that uh, that capacity but um to answer the question about the extraterrestrial engagement in the first instance um you can feel as cynical as you like about it but the question is not your feelings the question is what do you know and if you don't know anything then one should almost withhold judgment or condemnation. I know it's very difficult because we're living in a world where everyone is espousing opinions on everything, and that's simply orchestrating enormous amounts of white noise. And that white noise is the louche, is the very stuff that allows the parasite to continue to propagate. So I, I think that that's why the central tenet of the of the Christic faith, that thou shalt not judge, becomes the single most powerful uh, dictate in my view. But um, to the alien artifacts, well, I got on an airplane and I went there and I went to see them and I went to uh, meet the um, owners of the um, artifacts of which there's over 300 and I had got to handle most of them um, and this is last week and um, I was in the facility with the folks now what do I know based on my god-given senses my eyes my ears my brain my gut my capacity to read plasma coming out of humans known as auras which I've had since I was born so what is my take on uh, on the reality of the et thing i don't have an opinion i have a knowledge base based on sensory first-hand god-given experience um it's a hundred percent accurate a hundred percent true now the ones that were shown by um uh, Jaime uh, Mousson, I think his name is, I don't know, I saw there's a crossover between what he was showing and the private uh, collection that I witnessed 
and spent time with the owner of. Uh, what I can tell you is that the artifacts are real, the forensics and the analytics stand up to scrutiny. When you see them for yourself and you also see wireframe and papier-mâché uh, ones made up, which we, we were looking at, uh, we were able to look at both. Yeah, there are alien artifacts that are manufactured and that are put out there by um, Sabbateans in the intelligence community or in the academic community, whatever. Uh, people trying to make money through the back end of museums and, and private collectors and taking advantage of assholes, just like you have fake Picassos and Jackson Pollocks going around the world. So no different there. You've got a lot of idiot private billionaires who love the idea of having an alien mummy, so they'll pay $5 million under the table, and they're fucking idiots uh, because they're likely to have a papier-mâché one, but they're too stupid to know that. But when and, and, and there's a lot of bad science out there that can construe things in a false way as well. We know that. Bottom line is I studied over 300 artifacts. They're absolutely real. They are stupendous, stupendous um, stuff. I saw a part of it was for my eyes only. And I was strictly expressly told I'm not permitted to put that into the public domain. That's fine. I was offered a part of one of the alien mummies to take away for my own um, scientific scrutiny. And I thought that was very, very generous of the benefactor, very generous of the owner of the collection who wanted me to take a finger of an alien and offered it to me. And I said, no. And it came off one of the main, one of the prime mummies and, and it had broken off some time ago. And I said, no, not yet. I'll, I'll pick that up at the appropriate time and conduct forensics on it. But I'm very happy with studying the forensics, forensics that was supplied to me. Um, that's secondary. The primary thing for me was meeting the individual and was seeing the nature of the man. What I can tell you is that the progenitor of the biggest private collection that I'm aware of, of alien artifacts, skulls, um, mummies, you name it, is a remarkably conscious, um, I don't want to say enlightened, but a certainly a highly, highly developed, conscious and spiritualized human being a beautiful soul who brought tears to my eyes every time he spoke. Uh, we spent pretty much a whole day together. We're in close connection now. Um, when I heard his story, his life story, going back to the age of uh, 11, I think it was, um, 49 years of first contact with aliens, um, with very benevolent, kind, and loving uh, non-humans and their craft, some of them 3D craft that were able to then hyper-shift dimension, other craft which were luminescent, um, hyper-dimensional craft. Um, the explanations, not explain the descriptions that he laid before me of his first contact, starting with, with on multiple occasions with witnesses, um, were beyond belief and beautiful in extreme I, I said to him i said christ if if steven spielberg ever got hold of you i mean forget close encounters of the first kind i said your your close encounters your first encounters going back half a century i said are way way more beautiful and meaningful than anything i've ever heard and i've studied over ten thousand, not intensively but i've through the works of timothy good the former military brass who i met who was the greatest um, uh, investigator in first contact in history, he'd compiled 10,000 case studies and gifted me his book when he visited me 10 years ago in, in London. And I remember skirting through that book, just peremptorily looking at thousands upon thousands of first contact stories, summaries, you know. 
And these were the ones that were submitted through space agency, through intelligence agencies, through the police, just, you know, uh, offices all around the world. And I, I've got a fairly comprehensive take on first contact stories as a result, because I've made it my business to learn about it. And this guy, last week, his story eclipses all of them. And I said, please, let me tell you your stories. Like, no, no. I, at this stage, no, I don't need, I don't want any recognition i want don't want money i don't want anything i just i am participating in the unfoldment i was born to do it i feel deeply alone in this um but this is the living principle is what matters not the telling of the story now i love that because that's where i come from as well um, i also believe that the greatest stories remain untold and the greatest songs remain and scuffed, scuffed up bits of paper in guitar cases under the bed and are never actually heard. You know, I'm just one of those poets who prefers the mystical element of poetry and art that's not ever seen or scrutinized. But all I can tell you is that, yes, it's real, the Mexico thing. Let's put paid to that. Um, and that's coming out. And I'm playing a part in that. And I'm not bigging myself up. I'm just being me and speaking pure truth. That's all I know how to, how to do it. The, the Russell Brand story... Um, Revisit me tomorrow night because tomorrow I'm doing a live drop with one of his lovers, Russell Brand's lovers. Um, they were together 10 years ago for about a year. And um, she's a friend of mine. I know her. And um, I, she's just gone public to defend him a couple of days ago. And uh, we're doing a big drop tomorrow to really go into it. And I don't particularly want to surf the Russell Brand thing. I'm not particularly interested in Russell Brand. Um, I've had mutual friends um, who've kind of wanted to put me and he together. I don't know what his thoughts are on there, but it's not something which particularly enthused me. Um, I like what I've seen of his. I know my mum's a fan of his. Um, when I hear him speak, I think he has a tremendous grasp and a tremendously sharp mind. I like the fact that he is a kind of wounded bird who was resurrected and seems to be um, genuinely connected to inquiry. Do I think he is a um, psyop? Absolutely not, because I know what a psyop is in real terms. Um, do I think he's a guy who got almost pulled into the um, satanic Hollywood vortex? Fuck yes, I do. I think he came very close to it, and I think he woke up to it. I think the way he separated from um, his um, former uh, apparently MK Ultra wife, uh, Kate Perry, I thought was a disgraceful way of leaving a relationship. And I think that that's set a, a nasty source code in relationship. You don't leave a woman by sending a text message under any circumstances. It's disgusting behavior. And for sure, much of his behavior by best accounts has been disgusting and somewhat bestial. Um, and, you know, it's his business and the business of people who he engaged with. How many of the, the women who are making historical rape claims will stand up to scrutiny? Time will tell. I have a position on that, but I'm not going to say anything. Um, I, as a general rule, have no trust for women who crawl out 10 years, 15, 20 years later. I think that's disgusting. And I think that if you truly had a bugbear with someone, you should have done it before they were famous. 
um, before they became noteworthy and you could then exploit their names. And this idea that, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just outraged to see how famous he's become and he's a monster and you know, I have a duty to, I've got idiot bitches from my past who've tried to do the same thing with me, um, calling themselves Jane Doe, making out that I was, a, you know, not a rapist, no one would dare say that, but I've had similar things done by disenfranchised morons in my own past, who if they do peep their fucking heads over a parapet beyond a certain point, I'll haul them into a court in any part of the world and put them behind bars if they took things beyond a certain point. You wanna share my dick pics with the world, good luck, I'll come at you. You know, because the, the private is the private. Danny, I'm being human. I love the it. Private, the private is the private, the public is the public, and they are not the same thing. And don't imagine that they're the same thing. I am not a public servant. And Russell Brand is not a public servant. Russell Brand, alas, has become a commodity to parasites who want to exploit for their own fame, for the amount of millions, hundreds of millions, possibly billions of dollars can now be leveraged with the sensationalism that's going to be dreamt up around the show trials, the kind of Harvey Weinstein light version, the European version, the sexy version, because Russell is still a young and sexy guy. And people should just leave him the hell alone. Uh, is he being taken down? Of course he's being taken down. They would do that to anyone in his position that they could. Who are they? They are you and me. And the collective ignorance, the collective parasite is, the parasite is our collective ignorance and the abnegated um, honor and grace that each of us uh, permission in life by not standing in truth, by not being um, in, in a state of grace and loving our fellow man, including in this case, one Russell Brand. So do I have sympathy historically for women as a rule? No, I don't. In some very rare cases, of course I do. I've heard of um, ritual satanic cases. I've even taken those testimonies in the, in the international tribunal from people who were seriously victims of the most heinous um, tortures and, and, uh, and bestial, you know, uh, behavior. And they have been so severely traumatized that it took them 10, 15, 25, 35 years to recover, to be able to calibrate themselves to speak truth. I know the difference between someone who was perniciously traumatized decades ago and needs to bring remedy to the world. That's connected to ritual satanic abuse and that's connected to um, unlocking um, so much of the trauma in the basement. And I love those souls for it. And many of them know who I am because I'm the one who helped them and brought their testimony forth. So I know the distinction between that and these, like I said, these nefarious or egregious uh, bitches who come out of the woodwork uh, down the line because they feel that they can get their moment in the sun or they can exploit for financial gain. Uh, it's it's a disgrace and it's symptomatic and totemistic of the parasite complex that still unfortunately prevails. Absolutely. I mean, no one talks about star fucking in these conversations and there's the whole like miscontextualized grab them by the pussy, which from my perspective was a commentary on star fucking and how women will sell themselves down the river for a taste of fame or money or whatnot. So we're totally in agreement there regarding disclosure and what that will really look like and how that will change the game. 
I mean, I think at this stage, if if people are thinking that there aren't aliens, that we're the only ones here, they're just having a different conversation. But how deep is it going to go? Are they going to take us behind the ice wall? Are there greys there who are really running us? You know, are they are they offering up these children to these darker alien races in exchange for technology? Are we ourselves from, you know, some sort of alien hybrid? Like how how um, honest is this disclosure going to go? Yeah, um, it, 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 it can only go full spectrum, full tilt. So be, please understand that this is the premise of mathematics. This is what you would call M-set mathematics, Mandelbrotian mathematics. You have to apply that model to reality to understand how it goes. It's not open for discussions the way it goes. Uh, Terence McKenna, the great genius a mathematician uh, who's no longer with us, also attested to, the, to this with his time wave zero back in the day when he applied it to supercomputers and was able to also uh, chart the course or the trajectory of the future. So we could apply time wave zero of, of uh, Terence McKenna. We could apply uh, Bernard Mandel, Mantelbrot's uh, Z equals Z square plus C algorithm, and we'll be able to see in supercomputation what the simulation plays out and it will play out the fact that we're moving into the upswing of the aperture which means it's going to go full tilt full spectrum it is unstoppable what's coming is unstoppable we're talking about hitting the vertical ascension wall it's a beautiful thing it's the ultimate um, orgasmic um, bliss state that I, we began this conversation speaking to who doesn't want that you know, but but first we've got to get through this this flux, and we're getting through this kind of flux at the moment. Um, so that's where it's going because it can only go in that direction, just truth and disclosure. Um, having said that, that how we play our role in it now, each individually will determine whether or not we move into emancipation and ascension or become space dust. So there is a very hard set of um, divine laws that govern the process that we're now moving upon or moving into and that the, the the road that we're stepping onto is is defined by very very hard and fast divine laws despite the fact that we're going through this kind of foggy foggy fuzzy logic um, indivisibility where it's very hard to define what's good what's bad look at the truth movement it's completely up in the air but but the reckoning comes down to the individual. So that's the point of this fuzzy logic, this quantum dilemma, this white noise, this soup of insanity. It's all designed to make you stop looking out there and relying on totems and symbols and signs and sure-footedness and handles and rails. Stop trying to define your safety or the sanctity of your existence on external or extraneous principles or totems. You need to now begin to withdraw and arrange the furniture on the inside, so to speak. So that's how we um, actualize. That's how we assume the Christ of mantle. That's how we become the meek that then inherits the earth. It's part of the principle. And we just need to get on with that process 
um, the governments of the world, what, what degree are they going to be? To what degree are they going to be uh, dialing in truth and disclosure and the military intelligence? Well, that becomes an interesting question. And like I said a little earlier in this interview, I'm dealing right now with leading figures in the military intelligence and hyperbanking uh, sectors on both sides of the Atlantic. And I'm trying to find out where is the crossover, where's the corroboration, and I'm not finding as much as I'd like to. I'm seeing disparate, discrete echelon operating under their own jurisdictions and believing that their own jurisdiction is the Alpha Omega jurisdiction. But I've seen that same phenomena play out in dealing with sultans, uh, not sultans, dealing with the uh, kings of kings, um, and and certainly her, certain hereditary um, claimants, which include queens on occasion as well. As I met a couple of them, connected to the hereditary collaterals and the redemption notes and the ancient treaties going back hundreds and hundreds of years. So there's also this notion in the Philippines that the Philippines owns the gold and that they're their treaties that they cut with the you know Paris Treaty, whatever the fuck it was back in the day, they think that that's the Alpha Omega Treaty. But the same thing in Malaysia, same thing in Indonesia, same thing in China, same thing in Russia, same thing in different parts of the world. I've met so many of the hereditary peers, elders, and uh, uh, kings and queens who are showing me the artifacts, showing me, and they all think they've got the Alpha Omega. Uh, papers and my part of my function and job has been to tell them not job my function self-elected function has been to educate many of them about the truth of cosmogenesis of their own species of their own culture of 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 how the Sabbatean and then Jesuitical element crept into the bedchambers of the kings and queens of their realm back in the day and subverted the noble kingly lines and reported everything back to the superior general in the Vatican through their rat lines and essentially gave away all their trade secrets, political secrets, war secrets, created destabilization of their empires, their realms, their kingdoms, collapsed them because the information from the bedchambers of the kings and queens to the confessor priests was going one way to the superior general in Rome. So that I worked that shit out years ago and then began the process of educating multiple uh, hereditary leaders about the truth of the desecration of their own cultures and faiths. That's been the great work I've been doing in trying to engender fellowship. And it's a very esoteric landscape. And I don't know that anyone else would be as mad as me to take on that journey. But it's been interesting and I've certainly learned a hell of a lot. And um, and I can tell you that um, to, to the question, I don't know to what extent government, as you understand it, is uh, tethered to its own satanic mainstream media machine. I don't know to what extent that creature intends to dial in pure truth and disclosure. I will say this that it doesn't intend to. What it, what the parent corporation intends is to dial in pandemonium, to dial in chaos and helter-skelter, which is the preferred um, dead man switch for these motherfuckers. Because they, um, the, the they, and again, I wanna be very, very, not cautious, I wanna be very enlightening in the way I speak about this. The they, is the unresolved aspects of you and me at the collective level playing out 
in counterpoint geometry and manifesting as uninsolved human beings like Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci, to use my two favorite pieces of shit. And if you recognize that these subhuman proxies are serving us as Zen masters, which is what they are in a sense, because a Zen master remains absolutely still, simply conducts his craft in a space of absolute equanimity and and serendipity. Now, take a look at that grinning face of Bill Gates. Have a look at the um, at the face of Anthony Fauci, and if you can see past the visage of his mother, Mother Teresa, his genetic mother by best accounts, if you can see past that. Look at the face of Anthony Fauci. It's absolute serendipity. The guy's in a state of stasis. He's like, there is nothing going on there. He can't really be triggered, but he doesn't really get angered by anything. Bill Gates has always got this kind of grin on his... Again, these creatures are, are scarcely insoled. You don't need to trouble yourself too much by a creature that's uninsoled. You're dealing with the next best thing to a zombie. Just get out of its way you know, and don't sign bits of paper that it offers you, to, you know. But I, it, it all comes down to the degree to which you and I and whoever's watching this broadcast choose to place our attention mm -hmm. and then exchange bits of paper. Like, are you going to continue to fill out that IRS personal income tax form? If you are, you're a moron. Uh, and you deserve to go bankrupt, and you deserve to then end up on the streets because you're just not thinking in the now. You're just not being present with either your conscience or the the language of your soul. You are you are allowing yourself to continue to be indentured as a wage slave in a filthy, demonic, satanic, twisted complex of rotten contracts and treaties. And, and and bonds and spells dreamt up by the parent corporation, the Vatican, and a bunch of pointy-hatted wizards in the Vatican basement going back, you know, a couple of thousand years. Stop. Just stop it. Just stop it. Place your attention on that which is worthy of fueling into manifestation because it is your life force that is projecting or beaming out of your pineal that is carrying the life force that you represent as a son or a daughter of God. And whatever you fix your ideas onto will variously manifest. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through... 
a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.